Nine minutes after 8 o'clock here on AM550, FM 99.9 WSAU, online at WSAU.com as well. Mostly sunny skies outside. We are expecting some rain later today. Might be a good day to uh, get out and work in the yard. At least that's what I plan on doing at some point this afternoon. Again, I'm WSAU News Director Mike Leishner, joined by Merle Kelch. Uh, Merle, you got the uh, you got the yard ready to go yet? Um, yeah, I point at it, and my brother has a lawn care service, and he makes it work. <laughs> at hey. some point in time, he says, this, "Send me some money." Oh, okay, so that's okay. how I do it. All yeah. right. Well, yeah. Here's here's ten yeah. bucks, and we'll uh, we'll throw some. Uh, Boy, ten sh- bucks would be great. Sh- we'll we'll throw some bratwurst <laughs> on the grill later tonight, and pretty much uh, call it. Now, good. you know, at the uh, as as Tom would say. The palatial estate, which, by the way, folks, is an old trailer in the woods. Uh, we we mow about three acres there, but you know we use a tractor, so yeah. and we don't care about mulch or fertilizer. We just want to keep the wood ticks at bay, and that's pretty much it. So. Indeed, indeed, and uh, yeah, you, we're glad that you're here today as well. It was an adventure <laughs> yeah. getting in, yeah. uh, just like uh, I guess you could say this week uh, in your business. Well, every week in your business is an adventure. Well, there's always something that goes on crazy inside the investment world on a weekly basis. There's always something new, and you look at it and go, "What?" Indeed. Yeah. And- so I mean. I should have a T-shirt that just says, you know, Kelch and Associates. What? Because, you know, <laughs> would, it always seems to be what happens on, on a weekly basis. I would wear that. I would wear that shirt. There you go. All right. Uh, yeah, because we had some good economic indicators yep. uh, throughout the week. And then we had a very downwards day on both Thursday and Friday. So what about that makes any sense at all? Um, actually we went up because of all the right reasons and we came down because of the right reasons for a change. You know, we, uh, had the unemployment numbers, I'm sorry, um, uh, inflation numbers come out <clears throat> and, uh, inflation, what, boy, the news media folks always kind of cracks me up because, uh, the news media comes up and says, inflation still high. Oh, but we're still lower than we were from last month and the month before we're still lower. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the part people are looking for. We don't expect inflation to be 2% now. It's going to be a couple of years before we get there. Um, but inflation again lower, um, which is uh, good news. And so the saw the, we saw the market jump up some 400 points as a result of it. I believe that was Wednesday. And so then as a, as a result of they said, well, you know what? Uh, the unemployment numbers are drifting up a little bit. And, you know, is that going to be kind of a slowdown? Uh, this past weekend, Jamie Dimon came out. And Jamie Dimon is, is uh, of course, the, the leader of J.P. Morgan Chase. And uh, he said, you know, he said, you know, uh, we, we think we're still going to have a recession. And so people, oh, no, we're still going to have a recession. And, and, and I really look at this and go, what? You know, because who doesn't know this is coming? But nobody knows what the depth is going to be in. So his opinion was this past week is that um, it appears as though that we're going to have some sort of recessionary event, but it appears to be mild in nature. And, you know, I've been having a conversation doing a lot more work, and we talked about this a little bit last week, and I think our recession, I don't know if it's necessarily a recession as much as it's a regression back to the norm. How's that for a word today? Yeah, I, I, I'm yeah. going to have to go look that up. I'm going to have to write it down. I, I didn't know it came out of my mouth. <laughs> So, you know, we, we have this uh, this GDP that has still been growing. So the GDP hasn't been falling off into negative numbers. Again, a little bit in the earlier part of the year, but for different reasons. And so our GDP is still growing. Um, it's still coming along. It's still moving forward. Um, but it says we're going to have a recession. Well, how do we have a recession if unemployment is still high and GDP is still there? And I think what it is, again, folks, is when we shut the economy off, it, it dipped considerably. We turned the economy back on. We ran up and overshot past the norm, whatever that mean or median might be. Mm-hmm. And I think we're now regressing back to that median where things um, should have been along the way. It just feels like that. That may seem to be right. It's the only way we can explain that we're slowing down, but yet still employed and still spending. Um, so we'll we'll see how that plays out. And if Merle Kelch's 
idea is, is accurate or correct, but it's just an opinion, folks. But numbers seem to keep kind of pointing in that direction, it seems. And that's the case. I think it kind of uh, leads to say with people who are much smarter than me, such as Jamie Dimon or uh, Brian Westbury, that we're still going to have a recession, but it doesn't appear that it's going to be this big major thing and much more shallow. But then again, it could be a little bit longer that we have economic slowdown things continue to settle in indeed and and you know what that what that's kind of telling me is i'm just somebody on the surface who's been observing this and who occasionally talks to people uh who know about things like this such as one merle kelch sitting to my left Mm -hmm. uh this is no difference than you know the markets at normal because you put your money inside that 401k Check it one day, maybe it's gone up a little bit. You check it another day, maybe it's gone down a little bit. You put some more in from your next paycheck, and you say, okay, well, uh, I'm holding steady. I'm not losing. I'm not gaining so much. And then all of a sudden, boom, oh, hey, look at this. My 401k made X number of $100 in the last quarter, and you yeah, yeah. you feel rich and smart. I mean, that, sure. that just seems like that's yeah, that's the see- norm. <clears throat> And we haven't seen the norm for a long time. You think about it, it's been about three years since we've seen anything that seemed relatively normal in the marketplace. Um, well, literally, uh, going back into the 2000, the market mm-hmm. shut off. So so in here, you know, we, we look at what's going on, and and we haven't seen normalcy. And normalcy is about 1.8% fluctuation about every three days is the norm. So, you know, you think about it, in 30,000, I'm doing quick math in my head. Uh, so, you know, roughly... Four to five hundred points, about five hundred points every three days would be the norm, and you're right; it does feel like that right now. Um, you know, in a normal rate of return on average, the S P five hundred would be about you know ten to eleven percent, depending upon how we figured it out in the last month or two. Um, and so that would be about the norm. So having the big swings like we saw in two thousand, of course, pandemic year, where we dropped off, we flew back again. You know, twenty one, we had a huge year, twenty some percent up. 22, 20-some percent down. Um, even this past quarter where many people are seeing, you know, gains in the marketplace, at least if you're in a stock market of anywhere between 5 to 7% uh, this past quarter, it's not really the norm. Mm-hmm. It, it's, really, it's really more of a whipsaw that's happening. I think this is all the uh, ripples, if you will, as a result of still uh, the, the economy shutting off and turning back on once again. Indeed. 715-845-2155 is the number to call if you have a question for Merle. As always, our observations and chatter like this are just the uh, filler for your phone calls as we make financial sense here on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU. And uh, once again, uh, as I like to say, you know, when you put the money in the 401k like that and and things, that's not money for now. That is money for later. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, to my point, I guess, that I was making earlier, it seems like, you know, this is kind of the way a 401k should be operating or should be looking at least it's, under waltz, normal circumstances. You know, I'm not sure. Did Grandpa Grandma teach you how to waltz when you were young? You know, two negative steps, negative one, ghost two, rider. One, two, one. All right. Okay. Two steps forward, one step back. Yeah. That's a waltz. Now you know this. You got this done. You get married one day. Boom. You have your you have your wedding dance already done. You, right. you can thank me for that. Absolutely. Uh, but it's the marketplace. It's usually a waltz. Two steps forward, one step back. Two steps forward, one step back. And so then uh, people say, well, I can time the market. Well, you have to know when to do, you know, the one step back and when that makes sense. You know, so that's the, the whole thing. But um, we just haven't had that. We've just had, you know, a leaping dive forward. 
you know, than to a slip into the mud backwards you know, over mm-hmm. the course of the last couple of years. So <laughs> this regression to the norm. Uh, there we go. What? Oh, there, sorry. Again. We got all these T-shirts going now. I right. Mean, uh, all right. these things. It's wonderful. <laughs> uh, there's an article that's out there, and it's the first thing that pops up on MarketWatch.com right now. And it, and the title to the article is, is uh, interesting to me, um, uh, but at the same time, it does make some sense. So it's an article by Beth Pinsker. It says, it's time to start locking in. CDAs are hitting peak interest rates, and you don't want to miss your chance. Yeah, you know, we've been talking about it for some time here on the program. I'm happy they finally listened to us and wrote an article <laughs> right. about it. So um, in here, you know, CDs, you want to start buying CDs when the interest rates look like they're going to stop. And we're, I think we're pretty close. So maybe we get another quarter point coming up here in May. We'll see. Mm-hmm. And uh, truth be told, just a little transparency. We were at the bank with mom yesterday saying, okay, let's, let's move some money to some CDs, mom, you know. Mom likes, uh, like a lot of moms, she collects a lot of money in checking accounts. So we have to move some out every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're there. And so inside of the article they're talking about, um, you know, moving some money inside of CDs. Of course, folks, CDs are guaranteed by FDIC up to $250 million. Um, I do not suggest using a bank called, what's that? $250,000. Oh, $250,000. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes, make sure you say that. Indeed. Just don't use that SVB bank, maybe. Just right. a thought out there. Right. Just, uh, well, they really don't exist much anymore anyway. <laughs> Um, but in here, um, what's interesting side of the article is they have some charts, which, of course, aren't popping up, but I can tell you about what they are saying. So the charts in here that's finding with CDs, that there's kind of a sweet spot, which is can you, is, you can always going to tell what the banks think are going to happen with interest rates. And that sweet spot is really three months to about a year and a half or two years. And you go past that, the interest rates actually come down. So that's the forward thinking of the bank saying we think that interest rates are going to drop someplace in there. So it looks like there's a sweet spot, which is in that three-month to uh, year-and-a-half range. You're going to get higher rates. And there's some averages coming up on CDs that are about the 5% range. So uh, do you go through and you buy them all at the three-month or the six months? Well, no, then you miss something that might happen four or five years. And so part of the things we're talking about in this article is what's called laddering. And laddering has been around for a long time in the investment world business. And I'm going to present an idea to you that I might uh, pop in your head and give you some good ideas for your really good conservative money here. So in here, is, in here they say buy a CD, you know, 20%. So you'll buy one for three months, six months, one year, one year, two and a half, two and a half, and maybe you have uh, one for five years out on that 20% mark just buying multiple CDs and laddering them. So you don't have them all for one maturity. You just have that multiple dates going out. So therefore... If interest rates in three months actually go up on a longer end, you take that money when it matures in three months, you buy that longer one out there. Uh, the next one matures in six months, well, maybe take that and buy the longer one out there, depending upon where the interest rates are. So it's a program that's been used for a really long time, making sure you diversify your money and take advantage of the interest rates. Now, in here, if you take CDs and you ladder them up with bonds, um, you have the ability to do some really cool stuff. Now, I have to take a step back before I come to that. First of all, We've talked about it in this program, and if you've listened to anything out there, um, apparently the guys from SVB Bank didn't listen to this part. Right. And that is when interest rates go up, the value of bonds come down. And the farther you are on the spectrum, such as longer maturities, so if you're at 20 or 30-year maturities, those things get whipsawed with the smallest amount of interest rates going up, and they come crashing down in value. Well, we look at it, and we say, well, what's the probability interest rates are going to go dramatically higher? or dramatically lower coming up in, let's say, the next year or two. Um, hmm. I don't think dramatically higher is the, next, is the uh, proper number. I think we go up a little bit, but but I don't think we're dramatically higher anymore. I think that's kind of at the end. 
So in here, one could buy CDs in the sweet spot, which you're going to get nearing that 45 to 5% mark in local banks right now. Banks want our cash right now. Um, and so we have to do that. And we can have the ability then to start looking at municipal bonds where you can find actual municipal bonds. And, folks, I'm warning you in here, not municipal bond mutual funds, but the actual physical municipal bonds. So you have to seek your financial professional to get those. You're not going to be able to go to bond store, doc, direct, something. I'm making that up. That doesn't exist, no. It does not. So you buy the physical bonds, and if you look around, you can find the bonds that have insurance for principal and interest with municipal bonds. Municipal bond rates, I looked them up today. Um, you're starting to see some stuff with AA, which is still really, really good credit. In that 23-year mark, you're looking at 3 and a quarter to 3.6%, and this is where people go, hold it. I can get CDs higher than it. Yeah, yeah, but you have to factor them in. These are tax-free. So it's like earning about the same thing in that 5% range, depending upon where your tax bracket is, that you're earning on the CDs. The difference is now you can actually earn that 5% going out 20, 30 years. And the other part of that is if interest rates go down, just on the opposite, now the interest rates go down, and on the other end of that teeter-totter, now these bonds have the addition not only earning interest rates, but have principal appreciation as well. And so now you're getting some of your long-term rates of returns um, uh, in the 5% mark, plus capital appreciation of interest rates drop, and that's a higher probability coming up throughout the course of the next couple of years. And so in that, having a combination of using CDs and bonds for that safe money, that money you don't want to have volatile in the marketplace, um, it's a real nice, neat, unique opportunity. In fact, from a bond standpoint, um, I get kind of excited and giddy about this because you get to play with bonds again, and it's a nice opportunity to get some good buys and some good yields. Completely different than what we saw a year ago, which was the worst time ever to do it. Now it's looking pretty darn good. Yeah, indeed. And uh, just before we wrap this up again, um, I, from what I understand, again in talking with you in the past, uh, you've got to you want to be in at a certain level on some of these bonds. Meaning you want to be in for you know say ten twenty thousand dollars. This isn't something that you know you could just you know take your your uh, pocket money yeah, yeah. to the bank and get yeah. in on. You've got to be in. At a certain level. Yeah, correct? that's so. And it, it's, you know, got a good call in there. So when I'm talking about this, I'm buying bonds. So you're you're actually going to buy the physical bonds, and you don't want to buy less than twenty five thousand. Can you? Yeah, absolutely, you can. Um, but the the reason is, at some point in time, you want to sell them. You usually don't hold these bonds indefinitely for the whole thirty years. I mean, heck, in thirty years, I'm going to be pushing up daisies. I'm fairly certain that's going to be the case. So I don't really need to hold the bond for that period of time, but. Um, I can get a real nice yield, and when interest rates come down, I make capital appreciation on a bond and get the interest rate. And if I buy it right, I have the ability to have it so it's insured for principal and interest. Again, folks, see your financial professional on this because uh, you got to see them because you're going to have to search around for bonds and individual bonds. Um, but in doing so then, um, um, you have the ability to put the money away. But the reason you want to do 25000 is that um, for minimums when you buy a bond purchase is that if you want to sell them, if you only have $5,000 with, nobody's going to give you a price. And the broker puts a bid out there and says, who wants to buy this $5,000 bond? And people go, uh, not me, unless they can find a whole bunch of others with the same company and bundle them together and make their own $25,000 block. Um, so rather than getting 100% of price, you might get uh, 90 because they don't want to deal with $5,000. So just a hint out there, folks. Buy 25000 because people will buy up 25000 all the time. Um, but the uh, 5,000s and the 10,000s, which um, certain companies, and I don't think we have any of the branches here in town, they made their bread and butter out of selling $5,000 bonds to mom and dad until mom and dad wanted to sell them. Then they couldn't get rid of them. But anyway. <laughs> right. 
So, um, good tip. Uh, yeah. Thank you for saying that, Mike. Indeed. He's, uh, he's Merle Kelch. We're making financial sense here on AM 550 FM 99.9 WSAU. 715-845-2155 is the number to call. We'll be back with more with Merle after this. 828 on a Saturday morning here on AM 550 FM 99.9 WSAU. Online at WSAU.com as well. Just got a couple of minutes here before we hit the bottom of the hour news break. Uh, we had a lot of great, a couple of great discussions there in the, in the first segment, and I just couldn't stand to... Uh, to break the show i have i have a friend of mine that just sent me a text and i just got to have a shout out to my friend big rich okay he just had to bust my can because he and his and another great friend of ours always has to bust me about crypto all the time of course and of course he just did now so he just, okay. he just said rich love you man it's kind of <laughs> funny so he's actually in florida listening so that's kind of fun indeed and uh, uh yeah we had we had a call from minnesota a couple of weeks ago so yeah, yes, from iHeartRadio, radio which this... was uh that's the first time we've had a call coming from that so thank you for those uh, that are listening with iHeartRadio. But, other, but again, uh, as the disclaimer says, this show is intended for Wisconsin residents, different rules, different states. So as always, you can hear what we're saying. You know, you can and be intrigued by it. financial professional. Absolutely. But, but then contact your own financial professional who knows your situation. Uh, yeah, before before we get to that, uh, that, that news break, you mentioned uh, crypto. Hasn't been in the news a whole lot lately. Is this a case where we're in, in a deal with crypto where no news is good news? I think so. I mean, it's been going up. I mean, uh, Bitcoin has been going up in value, hitting near 30000 So it's been running itself back up recently and having and making some money. But, um, again, it's, it's still a computer program that you know nobody really knows who wrote and how it works, and uh, it's not a hold a- asset that you're holding on to. So, so in that, I can't find it to myself to uh, – I recommend it to a client as well as our broker dealer kind of says, yeah, well, we have crypto. Don't use them. You know, one of those things. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, so crypto is out there and I think we learn a lot with crypto, but I just, and, and I'm not saying people aren't making money. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not saying any of that. Uh, but when things come to hell in a handbasket, it's not an asset. It's a computer program that you're investing in. Um, so is DraftKing. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> you get my point. You right, know, so and that right. kind of thing. We've, there have been a lot of fervor and conversation that's popped up, and I've heard through my office, um, uh, through social media, I'm seeing it, where they think the world's falling apart because the Chinese want to um, take over America as the world's uh, bread and bread, you know, world currency. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, with it, if we look at time and um, we look at the world stage, we see, and this is uh, coming from an article, and I'm pulling parses out of it as uh, doing it live here, folks. From uh, Brian Westbury from uh, First Trust. Um, again, one of my favorite uh, economists we talked to him about on here. So um, he said, will it happen? Um, will the U.S. no longer become the reserve currency of the world, which means the dominant currency that's being used? Mm-hmm. Remember, it used to be the British pound. For years, yep. everybody used the British pound, and America took it over. Not that we did anything to do so, but just America being America, we just kept pulling forward. And our economy became bigger. We became larger in what the British Empire was doing, and eventually people started using the dollar. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't the, that the we targeted the hundred dollar bill. The American, the U.S. hundred is considered one of the most valuable, uh, you know, currencies or transaction drivers in the world. Yeah, yeah. you know, I've I've been uh, very blessed. I've been all over the world, and I was in uh, communist Vietnam. Um, oh, geez, I'm trying to think about how far back. Would have been 23 years ago, and the only reason is. We adopted a five-year-old boy, and he just he's going to turn 28 next, next month. So I know mm-hmm. these things. Mm-hmm. Next year, he's going to turn 29. Oh, jeez, I'm really getting bad. <laughs> 24 years ago. 
Um, uh, and their currency, of course, was the, the, the dong. And they did not accept U.S. dollars, except everybody to take U.S. dollars, even during <laughs> of it, And they knew what the cha- exchange rate was. I remember I bought a pair of shoes and a pair of sweatpants at a uh, Reebok outlet. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the process of that, nobody spoke English, but everybody took out their calculator. And he pointed to that, and I held the U.S. up, and everybody had the exchange rate. And yes, no, and you just did all in the calculator back and forth. And, yep, good. And so like that, you gave them the money, and they gave the change back in U.S. dollars. Wow. In communist Vietnam 24 years ago. Wow. So I've been all over the world, and no matter where you go, they'll take the U.S. dollars. Um, uh, in fact, uh, we have some friends. They're actually from Zimbabwe. And uh, so they're from Zimbabwe, but they do business in South Africa. And when they're there, they'll come up and, of course, they have a name for me, and it's always, you know, Big Man. I don't know why. Okay. You know, so anyway, yeah. uh, uh, Alex is his name, and, and uh, I'm sure Alex is not listening, but we uh, text back and forth, and he said, you have hundreds, I'll, I'll buy your hundreds from you. And so they want to take them home because the U.S. dollars work so well in their country because there's, their currency is shot. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's terrible. In fact, uh, we actually bought a billion, they call theirs dollars, I believe, billion-dollar note because they had to print billion-dollar notes because it's so bad. So they do U.S. Yeah. So they only buy the new ones, not the old uh, old bills because those are easy to track if they're counterfeit or not. And so mm-hmm. if you buy something from them, you get immediately 10% discount if you US, use U.S. $10, $100 bills. Really? Yeah. And so U.S. is king dollar. So anyway, back to our article here. So in here, people are talking about the U.S. being replaced as a reserve currency, um, as we're seeing right now. And, of course, now I have to face ID once again. Um, we have uh, you know, Russia, China, Brazil, and even Saudi Arabia now are actually trying to form together and start to do business in, a, in other than U.S. dollar dominance in a world economic stage. Um, and will it happen? You know, we don't know. Um, it, it could be. Um, highly doubtful, but I mean, at least not in our lifetimes. Uh, maybe, maybe our kids or something. But there's mm-hmm. no dramatic changes. Something's going to happen in a year or two or three years because so much of the world commerce is done based on the U.S. dollar these days, <clears throat> and it's not based on the U.S. dollar because of design. It's done based upon the U.S. dollar because of stability. You know, we uh, look at it in the combination. This is from this article um, of capital markets, sixty um, percent. Uh, of business done inside of the capital markets is because of the dollar and the global financial transactions, 90% of it's based on the dollar. So, you know, why is that the case? Well, we're free. We can run businesses. We can do what we want to. Our financial transactions are good. We have good rule of order and law inside of the financial areas. Um, and we look at that and we ask that same question then of China or Russia. And the answer would be no. They, no. they just kind of make up their own stuff. And so I don't know how people are going to trust those currencies um, or whatever currency that they have to, to be the, the best one around the world. Even China's got to buy U.S. dollars to stabilize their currency because they manipulate it however they want to. So mm-hmm. I, I don't have a bunch of worry about that, but there's been a lot of fervor in the news and questions that I've had multiple times over the course of this past week about, you know, what's going to happen when the U.S. isn't the world's uh, reserve currency? Well, Maybe it happens, but it's not going to happen within our lifetime, and it's probably not going to happen with those guys because they, they, the things that they do is not going to keep them as a reliable, stable, trusted currency. 715-845-2155 is the number to call if you have questions for Merle. We are making financial sense here on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU. We'll be back with more after this. 
AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU. We are at uh, 839 and taking a look outside the window. Mostly sunny skies right now. Temperatures on their way to 70 today. Another summer-like day before we possibly get a round of 30s and snow for the start of the week. That's right. I said it. Wonderful. Yeah. Yes, very wonderful. So so I have to, Mike, uh, go up north today. Uh-huh. And at the middle part of April, I have to turn the heat on in my water pump house. Okay. Um, which you normally don't have to do. Mm-hmm. Normally, you're, you're good and you're ready for the summer. So here's a few things I found out this week, Mike, and uh, many of you possibly know. Um, we all know that if your water pump freezes, mm-hmm. uh, you don't you lose water. It's right. bad. Okay. Um, but what I now do know is how much it costs to get that fixed. And it was ugly. But, you know, so now we'll have water. It's okay. good. And so if I don't turn the, the heat lamps on to the water pump house, I'll know how much it costs again. Okay. So that's our, our road trip today. So thank you, Mother Nature. For this little, you know, uh, freeze up we're going to have over the course of the next indeed, couple of days. indeed, and uh, but but hey, at least you know where you can get that money if you do have <laughs> yeah. to, uh, you That's do right. have to put that project in. Uh, just. Sell a couple shares of uh, XYZ company, right? That's I well, mean that's, that's as right. easy as it is, yeah, right? You have to piece of cake. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, I know there was uh, another another kind of a meme stock story coming out uh, last week. Now, for those of you that uh, that don't remember the the GameStop, the Bed Bath and Beyond, the the internet groups that get together and say, "Hey, let's all buy a bunch of shares of this stock and make it look like this stock is making money." Or is you know a viable company when in reality that may not be the case, which is what happened with GameStop. Mm-hmm. I think Bed Bath and Beyond has been a meme stock at one point. Uh, somebody said uh, something about Boeing, and people were wondering if that is going to be the the next meme stock. It might be, but this weird thing about Boeing is they make money, right? You know, so it's 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 different. Um, Boeing, of course, has trial and tribulations because. You know, with an airplane, if something's not right, they have to stop a multi-million, billion-dollar uh, pipeline. They have to stop it and fix it now. Um, so, if there's something not quite right, they got to stop and it's got to get fixed. Um, when planes go down and people die, it's a really bad thing for a company stock. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying this tongue in cheek, but it truly is. Mm-hmm. You know, the, uh, the the humor used to be in our industry is that, well, make sure before you get on a plane, you have your will or trust done because. You know, if you make it through the end, you're good. But if you die, you're a multimillionaire and your family doesn't know what to do because you don't have a will or a trust on. Get that done first. Um, and it's true. You know, we'll tell clients on a regular basis that have saved and put a couple of bucks away. You're taking a trip. Oh, you don't have a will done? Well, don't get on a plane. Get this done. Here, go talk to our friend Alan, for example. Okay. Uh, get that stuff done because if something happens on a plane, you're uh, immediately a multimillionaire. Um, you're dead. That's kind of a permanent way to get there. But it is right. commitment. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> but now the family has to contend with us. I mean, how do right. they do that? And if you've done no planning, it, it's just it's a multi-year sideshow like you wouldn't believe uh, for family members. Um, amazingly, um, uh, what if a person becomes a multimillionaire, you find a lot more relatives you didn't know. Right. You know, that type of thing starts happening. So um, so Boeing is, is, is big on that. You know, they just finally fired up their 787 line, which had been shut down for a couple repairs. Uh, the uh, 737 MAX. Um, was up and running, doing really well, and they just shut that down this week, and there's some sort of a tweak that they had to do to get some stuff done, so they shut the line down. And so when they shut down those lines, it's, I don't even know how many millions of dollars 
probably per hour it costs for them to do that. But the profitability of planes is absolutely enormous. Planes are expensive. Then they have their military routes and that kind of stuff. They make money. There's no doubt about it. And they also have, uh, they've also got a space division too, if I remember Mm -hmm. right, uh, as well. But I think it it was somebody had said something about how Boeing was in good shape. And uh, this person has a, uh, you know, a tendency, their Twitter account has a tendency to have the opposite be true or something along those lines. I remember reading a couple of stories on that this week. (laughs) But uh, you brought up a good point there, though, and that's actually something that I haven't heard before. Be, uh, myself being somebody who travels by plane quite often by myself, never heard somebody say before, "Hey, make sure you've got uh, your your affairs in order before you uh, yeah. before you get on that plane." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, should do that. Now, the probability of going down in a plane is really low. Of course. I mean, it's uh, cars are safer than the statistics that are out there. I'm sorry, planes are safer than cars. Absolutely. Um, those statistics are there. The problem is that if you go down in a plane, the outcome's usually not so good at the right. end. You know, it's, it's <laughs> I've never crashed in a plane, and God forbid, I, I uh, and, and hopefully it never happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hear it's kind of permanent. Right. I remember listening to a joke that came from Ron White. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the planes, they were coming down, and they saw a, ambulance coming down as they were landing and the girl was uh, next to him was all uh, frazzled and said where do you think the ambulance going he looked at her and said all the way to the scene of the crash he said then she wouldn't talk to me for the rest of the flight (laughs) (laughs) 715-845-2155 is the number to call as always our uh our chatter and uh is uh filler for your phone calls because uh if you've got questions or uh, maybe want some advice uh from merle kelch well he's right here and he's not uh, going to charge you for it. This is an unbillable hour to him. So 715-845-2155 is the number to call. Uh, Merle, obviously you've been in the office this week. What have the uh, what have the clients uh, been asking you this week as they've uh, come in to, to chat and have that cup of coffee? You know, believe it or not, <clears throat> and, I, and I'm happy to see this, people are saying, we think we can retire. You know, with, That's with a change. The, with, you know, last year, everybody, you know, uh, panicking and, and falling apart and, um, in that whole bit, but uh, people are saying, we think we're going to retire. We're going to retire in this state. And so we've been working on setting up a number of people throughout the course of this year, getting ready for retirement. And, and you think about this folks. Um, if you have, if your portfolio went down by uh, 20% last year, which it probably did. So if you have a uh, 20 million, I'm sorry, if your portfolio went down $20 million, that may be a good day. Right. Um, if you went down 20%, that means that your monthly income might've went down by 20%. So if you factor in Social Security and I'm making a dollar amount and you're taking $2,000 a month out from your investment accounts um, to match up with Social Security for retirement, well, if you come down by 20%, granted, you know, you're looking at, you know, three or 400 bucks, but if three or 400 bucks is going to stop you from retiring, you probably don't quite have enough to get there yet anyway. And so many people are going to say, well, you know, I'm really only down 200 bucks or 300 bucks from what my projection was before, you know, 2022 happened, um, I think I'm going to be okay. And now the market went up a little bit like, hey, we're going to retire. I think people are finding out it's not quite as bad as they think, even though your portfolio had come down a little bit. Um, uh, we did have something that's kind of interesting because most people don't recognize or realize this. Um, and that is uh, pension plans went down in value. And people went, what? My pension that's supposed to pay me a certain dollar a month or has this amount of money inside of the pot? 
that went down. How's that supposed to happen? I said, well, think about it. If you have a pension plan that guarantees you a monthly dollar amount um, to generate that $1,000 per month, they need this amount of money inside of the pot at a given interest rate. Mm -hmm. So if the interest rates went up, they need less than a pot to give you your $1,000 per month. Oh, I didn't think about that. It says, yeah, all pensions adjust that way. Remember, their guarantee is for the dollar amount per month, not how much is inside of the pot. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, when are interest rates going down so that pot goes up? <laughs> In a long time. <laughs> oh, well, I want to, well, let's, we're still going to be okay. You sure. know, just as realize that. But that's been one of the biggest things. But, boy, people are looking at it, and, and it's like, uh, you know, this quarter and things start slowing down. It's like the sun came out like we're seeing right now outside. It's like, oh, I can retire. This is great. That was my uh, that was my uh, angels humming. How do they sound? Not you so know, good? I'm going to give you a pass on it. I, I didn't nail but, it. But uh, but it wasn't nailed. Yeah, you, you, it was passable, <laughs> but but it wasn't uh, wasn't nailed. And that, and I think that comes back to, to what I say oftentimes on this show, that money that you're putting in, to that account is not money for right now. That account yeah. is something that you're supposed to sit there, have somebody like Merle check up on it day after day, and then all of a sudden one day it surprises you uh, because of how much is in there or how much you are going to benefit from it on a monthly basis. If, if you end up looking at this day in and day out, uh, as Merle does, you'll the average person will probably drive yourself crazy. But uh, for Merle, he's he's the one who's playing the long game. Oh, I'm game. already crazy. Well, yeah. Yeah, that that too. But you're playing the long game with this. You have to. And, you know, and, and, and Mike, I applaud you. Um, guys, if you saw Mike, Mike's 21. <laughs> no, he's he's not. I'm just the <laughs> right, But right. a lot of people, you know, don't think about that. It's, it's a long-term game what we're doing. And the things that are happening in the short term as far as the marketplace today or tomorrow really aren't going to have any effect on what's going to happen with us in five and six years from now. So I'm going back to trading spaces here in the Duke boys or the Duke brothers. Okay. Um, because Orange Juice Futures hit a near um, uh, uh, record. Okay. Sugar's at 11-year high. Coffee is peaking, too. What's going on? In an Breakfast article is by, getting more expensive. Yeah, in an article by Myra Sifong. So in here, you know, as, as I'm reading this article, and I browsed over it this morning, and I'm just reading a little bit deeper as we're chatting here. Um, you're looking around and saying, well, why are food prices still so high? They should be coming down. Fuel's been coming down. Um, they're coming down a little bit. And here, it kind of goes through and inside of the article saying, well, you know, we're at a high for a couple of reasons. Um, of course, um, some of it has to do with um, Ukraine, but not a ton because Ukraine really doesn't make a lot of you know, sugars or coffees and soybeans and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it really kind of comes down to is uh, uh, the price for all this stuff is, is coming into fertilizers. Uh, the cost of fertilizers, if you're a farmer out there or familiar with it, have gone just absolutely right. insane, um, uh, right down to the point where a, uh, a client and a friend of mine, um, who's a farmer, he says, you know, I swept up some fertilizer that I had. He said, you can have it. He said, I, I'm it's full of sand. It's not going to really work for me anymore. He said, but you can have it. I'm like, okay. So I'm thinking five-gallon bucket of fertilizer. That's not that bad. And I looked at the price. I'm like, Jesus. I said, hey, I'll take it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? So we're going to spread it around in the woods up north and see if we can grow some clover kind of stuff. But um, fertilizer prices, I've heard tales of three times what it was a year ago uh, for fertilizer. Now, again, I'm not an expert on farming by any stretch of the imagination, but I do own a Ford 8N tractor. Mm-hmm. I, that, it's got to be good for something, isn't it? Got, yeah. yeah. It, I use it, it for mowing grass. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't take an expert to be able to put a dollar <laughs> sign in front of something. And, uh, yeah, I, I can tell you as somebody who's grew up with a farming background that that's, 
when I go back to South Dakota, that's the only thing that they're talking about when you go into the co-op. Yeah. It's the price of fertilizer. Yeah, and so it's going crazy. And so as a result of that, it's uh, going into our you know, price of coffee and our price of sugar and price of everything else. And we look at it, you know, coffee we need to function on. You know, I don't think we need gas in America. We need coffee. Of course. You know? Um, sugar isn't just about everything we have, especially inside of our country. I mean, we're uh, addicted to sugar that we haven't mm-hmm. long. Um, and, of course, uh, the rest of it, you look at you know, your chocolates and everything else and orange juice that comes into it. Orange juice, of course, not only are we losing land for orange juice in a number of the areas because it's turning into houses, uh, but at the same time, you still have fertilizer, water, and all the stuff you need to do to get there. And so um, that's causing a uh, uh, an issue uh, with the growing. And so and I think that's the reason we're seeing our, our core prices, you know, our food and that kind of stuff. I'm sorry, our inflation of non-corn, mm-hmm. non or inflationary items, food, fuel, um, are still hanging out and staying high. 715-845-2155, it's the number to call. We still have time for one or two more phone calls in the final segment of the show. But first, here's Chris Conley with this day. 855 as we wrap up another edition of Making Financial Sense here on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU. If you do have a quick question, we'll have time to sneak you in on the phone line at 715-845-2155. But first, Merle has just given me the super secret hand signal, and I'm actually, I'm looking, I can see smoke coming out of his ears. <laughs> this means he has a brilliant, brilliant idea that just needs to get out there. Well, it is a brilliant idea. It's about uh, corporate America staying out of politics. Ooh. You know, <clears throat> we look at this, uh, we see it so many times happening with athletes and, and um, you know, stars and celebrities. And, and, and mm-hmm. corporate America has been delving into it, too, and getting into politics. We, we just have to look at uh, what happened with Anheuser-Busch this oh, yeah. last week. And, and, and whether it's intended or not, and the CEO says, you know, we didn't ever intend to make this happen, but you're used, you, you, we sent a case of beer celebrating their one year, um, uh, whatever the hell they had to do with uh, Bud Light and that kind of stuff. And so we never intended to be part of a social media splurge and discussion and that whole bit. Well, you know, you could have sent a, a letter and a gift certificate for a free 12-pack of beer then or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, and marketing director saying, you know, we wanted to uh, support this. And you know what? in Looking at it, Bud Light has the possibility of being gone as a result of this. Mm-hmm. You know, Bud Light sales was slowing down as a brand. Of course, they weren't putting as much money into Bud Light as they were into other areas. No, a the lot seltzers of and yeah, yeah. the other the things other that have the Bud Light label on it, even though it's not an actual beer product. There's no yeah, it, beer ingredients. It's just the brand. And and so, so things have been slowing, so they've been finding a way to uh, get this sparked back up. Um, which I think they should have went to, you know, better advertising or and that type of stuff and gone that direction in the direction they went to. Um, and their sales have fallen off. I mean, I caught a couple of articles this past week where uh, there's a big dart tournament that happens in Texas. Mm-hmm. And they normally would sell three or four half barrels of beer. And during this Bud turn of, of Bud, Bud Light, Light. Yep. Um, and in this tournament, they sold four, sold four bottles. <laughs> that was it. You know, you know, it seems to me that they, you know, chewed on the the hand that fed them and, mm-hmm. and the demographic who is drinking Bud Light and, and Bush Light and all their other products. They just shot them in the foot with a decision you made to try to be, you know, more politically correct. And, boy, just stay out of it and serve good beer. Mm-hmm. Stay out of the rest of it. And, boy, never have I seen before such a direct um, uh, consequence to a decision. 
um, uh, in this type of arena with a company trying to be more politically correct or political. Jesus, yeah, if you're a it, company, stay out of it. Don't. It, it certainly was uh, something to see here this last week. Just the absolute backlash because I'm a big, I'm a big Twitter guy. I'm on there, and it was boycott Anheuser Busch that hashtag for three or four days, and I had I didn't know anything about what it was about, and as yeah. I I kind of read more into it, I just said shook my head and, and said you know this might not have been the best idea for them to yeah, uh, I, to move forward this, with this, no matter what your politics are yeah right just dumb corporate decision merle if uh, somebody has uh piqued their your interest or their interest in your company how do they get a hold of you folks you can find us third avenue and bridge street in wassa wisconsin stop on in say hello hi Kick the tires, have some coffee, say hi. We now have all the camping boxes all cleared out of the office and all of all the stuff I had to buy, so we got room to sit. <laughs> so that said, you can give us a call locally, 715-849-3600. Toll free outside of the Wausau area at 866-355-5100. Or find us online at kelsonassociates.com. We'll be back next week with another edition of Making Financial Sense here on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU.